Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average garage door is made up of 1.3 millimeter aluminum panels. Something you probably do know, your neighbor likes to tinker with his dirt bike. Something you probably don't know, a runaway dirt bike can take out your garage door and a good portion of your car bumper. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome to the first What's the Score of 2021 in anticipation of Everton's home game against Rotherham in the FA Cup. Midday kick-off on Saturday. Not the ideal time to kick off a game, but it's lower league opposition, so we'll talk about that a bit later on. I am joined by Matt Jones and Sue Smith. Uh, Everyone have a good Christmas and New Year? Yeah, really good, thanks. Yeah, it was was all right, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, it was helped by... Aside from the toffees, obviously. Little flying. (laughs) Yeah, it was good up until New Year's Day, wasn't it? I suppose. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, not too bad. Just, just, just on that issue, Les mixed never the midday kickoff. That must have been horrible when you're a footy player playing at that time. Oh, yeah, do you know it, it's it, the the worst bit of it is like when do you eat and what do you eat? <laughs> yeah. I know that sounds really bizarre, but you know, like normally, like my pre-match would probably be like a jacket potato, like some chicken and beans, and you just think like having that at nine o'clock in the morning just just doesn't sit well. So um, yeah, it'd be like more of a, a porridge or something like that. But yeah, it's a twelve o'clock for some reason. Like two o'clock's fine, three o'clock's fine. But yeah, twelve o'clock is just a little bit early. Um, but you got the rest of the day, I suppose. You can think after that <laughs> when you finish. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday league kickoff time, that isn't it? It is. Yeah. Off at eleven on a Sunday morning, and then the kids are kick off at two in the afternoon. And it's like surely around put the kids in the morning and the fellas in the afternoon. <laughs> Uh, some dreadful scenes on the sidelines at Sunday League. People clearly hadn't been home from the night before, turned up and got the kit on. Carried the building, though. Yeah, I'm sure she was far too professional for anything like that. Right? <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some stories, though, a few of my mates. Yeah, you know, where they said, I'll oh, come and watch us on a Sunday. And yeah, I've gone down and they've got like the pizzas from the night before that they'll have like as they're going on or they'll have it at oh, half time. I'm like, oh no. Yeah, there's lads used to turn up with boxes of chicken nuggets and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't, know how, I don't know how they do it. 
what what's women's football? What or what was women's football like at that level? Because like I um I manage Holy Lake now with a kids team, and in the last couple of years, their their girls game was just like grown exponentially. It's just like blown up completely. Yeah. Loads of girls playing. So I imagine sort of moving into open age from now, it would be quite popular girls football at open age. But what was it like sort of when you were around like sort of sixteen, seventeen? Yeah, it, you know, it it wasn't there wasn't that many opportunities, and I think you know as sort of as a, as a young girl growing up, I was like literally the only girl that played football where I lived, and I'm still known now as like the girl that plays football or used to play football now. Um, and yeah, it it was odd, you know. I'd go on and I'd do my try go out with my cones and set my cones out and do my training and stuff. And yeah, people would think it was a bit weird, you know, that a girl was actually doing that. Whereas now you obviously see it all the time, don't you? And just, yeah, the opportunities, I suppose I had to play for a boys team because there wasn't any girls teams to play originally for. Um, and yeah, it's just all changed and, and that professionalism changed as well. So yeah, you'd probably get, I don't know, you know, girls would just go and I suppose similar to Sunday League, you know, where they just go and, and they turn up and they might have been out the night before and, and stuff. But yeah, it's just not not like that at all now, which is is great. And and that's one reason I didn't really move down a level. You know, I, I sort of stopped at the top because like I am quite professional, so I'd hate that. You know, if my teammates had been out and they I could still smell ale on them from the night night before, <laughs> yeah, I'd be telling them off. So uh yeah, I, I couldn't move down level because that still happens of course you know that's some girls just want to play football just for fun but I was always about winning had to win no matter what I'm still like that five sides so (laughs) (laughs) I would have been the total opposite I would have been like right I'm gonna just go and like batter all these now while they're all hanging (laughs) (laughs) it's professional playing like yeah I'll show you I've still got it make me feel a bit (laughs) to be fair I should have thought of it like that (laughs) I was right in thinking that our last Evans last midday kickoff was Leicester at home. That our last midday, New Year's Day, when everyone been on the L before that game, players included. That was the game. game whatever. We scored and key yeah. on the board, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's usually half twelve, aren't they? But midday, as as Sue said, I think that seems just a little bit too early. You're still getting over your brekkie. Horrible one, that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just it's just a bit weird, isn't it? You know, it's you know you get getting the team news at eleven o'clock in the morning. Um, just it just you know at, at a time of year as well where you sort of forget what day it is. It just knocks yeah. you out, doesn't it? For, for the rest yeah. of the general, gonna be all over the shop by Saturday afternoon. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, just just before we go into that game, then we'll look at um, some possible transfer incomings and outgoings at Everton. Um, so one one surprising story for me was that uh, Royston Drenth has found a new club, obviously ex Everton player, um, sort of mired in Everton folklore. He's joined uh, Racing Mercia. Did you see uh, the picture of him? Wasn't yeah. <laughs> I know we're talking about players that like they've been on the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he stopped since he was at Everton, did he? <laughs> but yeah, you know, a, a good news story for him, obviously without a club, and he he just being declared bankrupt as well. So he's obviously. Um, Going through a bit of a rough time of it. And he's 33 as well. So good to hear that he's got a club. He's only 33. Yeah. He's been around for ages. So he was a really young player when he came to us. Yeah. Um, Umani Ass is still without a club, isn't he? Yeah. You're advocating getting him back. <laughs> as well. Got to be more mobile than Big Chenk at the minute, hasn't he? Um, Everton strikers PSG in talks with their Everton over a thirty-one million pound deal for Keane. What are people's thoughts on that one? What do you reckon, Sue? Would you, would you go 
do you think he should he should come back and where do you sit on this one? Yeah, do you know, I'd, I'd probably quite like to see him come back. I think just when you look at like the options that we've got off the bench, you look, you just mentioned Cenk Tosin and he offers something a little bit different. There's neither fact he can play out wide, he can play up top. So I'd like to see him come back and I'd like to see him, you know, really give it a good go. I just can't see that, that happening. 31 million, I don't know, would you take that? Probably, um, but they don't have to rush. So could they bump that up a little bit? So could that be the starting point? Maybe get a, a little bit more? Because he's got to be happy as he's got to want to come back. He's got to want to prove a point. He's got to want to want to play for Everton. And, and, and that's that's a big thing, isn't it? You want him to be happy. If he's happy, he'll be, he'll be performing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't take a loss on him. But I would love to see him come back. I'd love to see him do well. I just don't think that'll happen. Yeah. yeah so take the money and run. <laughs> yeah, in that in that instance, we wouldn't lose any money on him because I think we signed him for what twenty nine. So it'd be a slight. You even then, when we got him at twenty nine million, everyone sort of looked at it and thought, "Well, why has he gone so cheaply?" Because you know, for a player of you know coming from Juventus, of his reputation as a young up and coming Italian striker, it did seem cheap. So again, letting him go for thirty million one, thirty one million pound would seem quite cheap again. I, I don't know what do you, what do you think on that, Matt. If it, it's just one of them where sometimes you can just. It's no one's fault, really. It just doesn't feel mm. like it's, it's going to work out. And, you know, you, you could sort of see a situation where maybe in like a year's time, he's established at PSG, you know, maybe they're, you know, behind Mbappe up front and he's scoring like 15, 20 goals and everyone's saying, oh, why do we let him go? But sometimes it just doesn't work out like that. You know, sometimes players come to clubs a bit too soon. You know, they don't quite settle in. They haven't got the right manager. And it, I, I, yeah. I think we're in a situation now where if they got off of 31 million, and you know, I know what you're saying there about it being cheap for him, you know, he's scoring goals, doing well there, isn't he? I think for me, it's, it's one of them where it is a bit of a gamble if you, you said, well, we'll readdress this in the summer, actually PSG, because I think there's a situation there where I think Icardi's been injured for a lot of the season. So he's yeah. going to be coming back and you'd imagine someone like him who he paid 60 million euros for in the summer to get him on a permanent deal will be ahead of Key in the pecking order. Pochettino might come in and look at him and say, you know, you're all barely scored last night, a few weeks further down the line, you're not for me. And then his stock might fall a little bit. So I can sort of see why they might be tempted to get this boxed off now. Um, and as much as I don't like doing this, and I've said this on a couple of shows this week, I don't want to be the, the boring financial fella in the room, but Everson's balance sheet with a £140 million loss for the last 12 months and if you can make a profit on a player that scored two Premier League goals for us doesn't really look that interested being here has had his disciplinary problems then I think that looks great on the balance sheet as well so yeah you know from his point of view he, like Sue said I think it's clear isn't it that he you know and it's fair play to him you know if you're in, if you're in Paris and you're playing with Neymar and Kylian Mbappe and Richard Pochettino as your manager yeah, and league titles and challenging for the Champions League then you're not want to, you're not going to want to come back here, are you? To be fair, so I think it makes sense for everyone if it, if it was done. I think it's just a question of whether everything sell now or, or wait until the summer and try and get a bit more. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing, isn't it? It's, it, it's sort of the stick or twist now because we could, as you say, we could hold out, and you know, his stock just rises even more. He scores more goals for them, and then we can ask for that bit more money from them or bring them back. And you know, I think in that instance, we sort of hold all the cards. Um, you know, he's our player, he's under contract to us, you know, we can sort of dictate how this move goes. But as you say, if Pochettino suddenly doesn't fancy him, he drops in form, Acardi comes back, then it could put it in doubt. And again, we could be stuck with a player who 
potentially doesn't really want to be here. Because I think I've seen from the goals he scored against P- uh, scored for PSG, he just looks more interested. Um, I think I was listening to the was it subs weekly with Adam Jones. And he said you were being harsh on him mm. uh, because he's, he he didn't look that interested at Everton. I know he didn't get many minutes, but the minutes that he did get, I don't think he did enough for me. I think if it was a young player coming through the academy, who was putting in, you know, Tom Davis gets slaughtered for less. If it's a young player coming through the academy and putting in the sort of level of performance that he did, I don't think people would be happy either. So yeah, it's I think the manager said as well, hasn't he? Only wants people who are gonna you want you at the football club who want to be here. And I think yeah. I, I remember a similar situation um early on when Klopp was at Liverpool and they were they weren't playing Sacco for ages and all the fans loved him. Like, why isn't he playing? And his discipline was bad. And he was thinking about moving on. And Klopp sort of said, well, if you don't want to be, you're not fully invested in this. I'm not going to play it. And, you know, at the time, it didn't really go down well with a lot of the supporters. But it, it, it was like, this was like one of those initial building blocks you've got to put in place to, to cultivate you know, a really good atmosphere around the place and say what you want about them. They, they are, you know, they're all in it together. They're all the same sort of mindset. And I just, just thought it was interesting, Sue, actually. What, what, have you ever been in a situation like that where, you know, listen, we're reading between the lines here, Keen, we don't know if he necessarily was in a huff or anything in the summer and wanted to go. But what's that like when you've got a player in your dressing room that's disinterested or doesn't quite want to be there? Does, does it have as big an effect on, on the rest of the squad as maybe was outside that football bubble tends to think it does? It does. It was a great point what you said then. I think it's so important having that that atmosphere and having that that togetherness and 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 I think if if you know that a player wants to go because you know as as teammates you know don't you they they might he might have spoke about it he might have I don't know you might have read it you might you know underneath if if they're not not hundred percent there and then they come on the field and it doesn't really look like they're giving their all and and again there have been times you know I, I've watched him come on and and you think this is your opportunity go and go and grasp it go and take that opportunity and he just he hasn't, you know, he hasn't run that extra yard or he hasn't put in that extra little little bit that, that you want to see. Then straight away as a player, you're thinking, just go. You know, why are you here? Why, why are you still part of the team if, if you don't want to be here? No matter how talented they are. So I can totally understand if, if you're a manager and, you know, like Klopp said, maybe there was disciplinary issues, maybe there was there was other things or, or maybe they just aren't interested. And, and I think that's, it's so important to have that dressing room and have that that togetherness. So, yeah, I, I'm all for a player has to be happy and has to want to be there because I think that that just provides that that togetherness that, that you need if, you, if you're going to keep progressing. So, yeah, if he's happy at PSG, he seems to be obviously scoring, isn't he? Then, yeah, I think it's probably, it's in our hands, isn't it? Like you say, it's, it's, it is a gamble. Do you take the money now? Do you wait a little bit to see if he keeps progressing and keeps doing even better? And then you can put an extra, you know, five or 10 million on there or do you take your money and run? So it's, it's a gamble, but it is in our hands, which is, a, which is a good thing. On the flip side, have you ever sort of been in a position where you're that player who wants to move on? <laughs> saying you're going to like go into the dressing room and cause all sorts of hassle, start chucking plates around and stuff like that. <laughs> Have you ever been in a sort of marketing questions on on Have you ever been in a position though where you know you? I mean, we've all been in a position where we're in a job and we're like, Christ, it's doing me. I don't know. I want to get off. So you know, yeah. it's a totally natural thing for everyone. But you have how if you have how does it feel being in that position whereby you're thinking, do you know what? Not right here now. It's not for me. Yeah. See, the only I suppose the only thing that's slightly it's quite similar was when I was at Tranmere, and. 
Tranmere were, were doing okay, but for me to like progress and get to the next level, I had to go and sign for a, you know, a, a bigger side. And all my mates were there and I'd grown up there. That was my first women's team. And, and I loved it. I loved the place. I loved the fans. And I, I, didn't, I didn't want to go, but I knew for my football reasons, I had to go and, and I, I went and signed for Leeds. And yeah, that was quite hard. That was yeah. because I knew that season that that was probably going to be my last season. But I felt like I probably played even better because I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to leave on a high. I didn't want to like, be just going through the motions and, and, you know, just thinking, oh, well, it's all right. I'm getting off at the end of the season. So I felt like I left on good terms and I felt like I left giving my all. So I, I didn't really, maybe it's slightly different, isn't it? The, the sort of keen situation, you know, with he's in a different country, isn't he? Has he settled? Has he adapted? So I suppose that's slightly different. Well, by the same token, I suppose he's coming from Juventus, who you know, elite level Italian club, Champions League all the time. He's come to Everton, who were basically mid-table fodder. Certainly, <laughs> <laughs> were last season when he came in. Anyway, um, you know, Ancelotti's come in, and it, it's all changed. The perception about or our perception of the club's changed. Anyway, so for him to go back to another elite level club, challenge for titles in Champions League, you can kind of see that if he's looking at it from his career perspective, maybe he doesn't want to spend a couple of years trying to get Everton to this point when he could go to another club and already be at that point and do his own career, you know, arguably a lot better. So it, it, it does yeah. translate like that. I suppose I've never really looked at it from the player's point of view in that respect, that in his head, this isn't where he wants to be in his career. I think I thought about that more with, say, Alan when he came in, thinking, you know, he's sort of approaching 30 now. Does he want to be the player at a club who's vying to get to that stage when he could be yeah. more or less there? But I suppose young players go through that as well. The one thing I'd probably try and put myself in his position, and you know, it, it, it gets graced the force of you know going there and, and playing there regularly. The one thing I'd probably say that I'd be worried about if I was him is that if it did, say, Bacardi stayed and Mbappe stayed and signed a new contract this summer, and all of a sudden you're, you're the third choice striker for the team that plays one through the middle and two wingers, then all of a sudden, maybe a year down the line you're moving on loan somewhere again and then you've got to come back and then you've got to try and find somewhere again. And we're looking at a position where he could be 22 and they've had four clubs already. You know, he's got, I think he had a spell on loan away from Juventus as well. And I think that, that instability earlier in your career can't be, can't be good. You know, I think, I think of a player like um, Alvaro Morata, who's been like round the houses at like so many massive clubs in, in Europe already. And I think he's like, I think he's like 26 and it's only just now where he's gone to Juventus for, for the second time, which is mad. Um, but he seems to be settled and finally matured and be able to deal with that because that, that instability earlier in his career just seemed to mean that every time he made a step forward and something went badly for him, he'd move on and move on and move on. And, you know, he, he couldn't settle anywhere. So maybe that's the one thing I'd probably be wary of if I was keen that you don't want to be that lad that just gets loaned out, you come back, loaned out again, come back, sold, go somewhere else. It's, it's important to get some stability at this point in his career, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I think also he sort of he suffers from the form of Dominic Calvert-Lewin, which I don't think anyone really saw coming that he, he would be that good. Yeah. Um, he thought he would have been more interchangeable, but that was just a bit of bad luck on his behalf. Um, everyone will continue to listen to offers for Yannick Balassi, Gentos, and John Joe Kenny and Mo Bezic. Can't believe Mo Bezic is still in Everton. That's, that's <laughs> a mad one, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it. possible players in, Isco and Sammy Kadira. Those names are still... Still floating round. Where, where does anyone stand on that? I think the Kadira one seems a bit iffy to me. I think it's been yeah. tough with his injury record. 
Yeah, I think that's that's what I was thinking there. It's his age, isn't it? It's his injury record. You can't doubt how good he is and the experience that he's got. And when I first seen it, I thought, oh, he could be another body coming in, another, you know, to add to the sort of strength in depth or I suppose the depth that Everton have, whether whether it's strong, I don't know, but they've, they've got a, a decent depth in that midfield area. Bringing in someone with that winning mentality, will some of the younger players learn from him? Um, but it is, it's the injury record. Can you keep him fit? I think that's, that's probably my main concern and his age and how long is he going to come for? So... I'm not keen, if I'm honest. I'm not. I'm not massive. I'm not overly keen on on that one. But if it means it's an extra body and it, we know that he's certainly got the quality, and it's a short term. Would it be worth it? I don't know. Yeah, yeah it's a tricky one, isn't it? Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were laying on the horn while driving, let me say it again. Are you a race car driver? Because if you are, you're in the wrong car and you took a wrong turn off the track a while ago. And all those cars you're trying to pass all save money with Progressive Snapshot, while you probably don't. So who's really winning? And if you did hear it the first time, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. I think six months would be the go of it, really. But he he wouldn't sign for that because... You know, someone like him with his profile, he's going to have offers from America. He's going to have offers from China as well. You yeah. know. There'll be teams that will want to give him a, a longer deal. It's just whether he thinks, you know, maybe like a, maybe like a six months with an option for a year or, or something like that. I, I, you know, I don't know the, the intricacies of, of how these things work. But I, I said this on the, the weekly show last night that um, when I was looking at his injury history, I went to transfer market and it said page one of four at the top. So, <laughs> Uh, I was like, yikes, oh, no. I know he's been injury prone, but, you know, he's, he's had a lot of injuries as well. You know, it's, it's not just things yeah. to do with, you know, he had, sort of, he had an issue with his heart a couple of years ago as well, didn't he, where he had to have something done on that. So it's not just the physiological things as well. It's, you know, he's, he's had a bit of a rough time in general throughout the, the last couple of years. Not played a competitive game since June. Um, pro- probably not for me, unless you can get him on a, a really short-term deal, but... I imagine someone of his age, you know, 33, looking for that one last big contract. He, he you know, he, he seems to have MLS written all over it, all over him today. Yeah, why wouldn't you, to be honest? Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, saying that, watching the news last night, maybe not America. Isco <laughs> <laughs> is one I'd be, I'd be more willing to take a gamble on because this is a, a player who two years ago was one of the best midfield players in the world. Mm. Um, similar sort of situation to Hammers, but probably. Probably if you look at Isco's career and you say where he was at his absolute best compared to where Hammers was at his absolute best, the time is shorter for Isco than it was for, for Hammers. You know, Rodriguez was probably, you know, 2014, 15 when he was at his absolute pomp and everything have got him now when he's you know, doing well still, but he's, he's, you know, he's not the player he was, admittedly. Isco, it wasn't that long ago at all. You know, I remember a game where Spain beat Germany. Uh, was it Germany? They won a match 6-0. Not the one recently, they won 6-0, it was, a, it was a different one. And he scored a hat-trick, and I, I remember doing the report on it, and he was unbelievable, just playing all over the pitch. Like, technical ability, incredible. Couldn't get the ball off him. And at that, at that point, it was like, right, we're building the Spain team around him now for the next few years. He goes into his pomp, and it's not quite worked out for him in that sense, but if, if we're going to gamble on a player like, you know, coming down from a team like Real Madrid or Juventus in this window, who could potentially give us that little bit extra to, to go and push on to the top four, I'd be all for, for something like that. Um, he's a wonderful player to watch. Um, maybe not like 
probably works a bit harder than Hammers off the ball. I'd say playing in a few more positions, he's a bit more versatile. Um, but yeah, if we're going to gamble on anyone in January, it'd probably be him for me. Yeah, I think something this month's shown as well. I saw last month, December through to like the West Ham game, is the chances are a bit of a premium at the minute, aren't they? We're not creating many chances. You know, I think sort of when it all settled down after the sort of the, the disappointments of the West Ham game getting beaten that if you look at it, the performance wasn't that different to, you know, beating Leicester, beating Arsenal, beating Chelsea. It's just those games went for us. So I suppose another creative player in there, you know, that's kind of more what we need. Yeah, and, and he's that's exactly what he can do. I didn't actually know about Disco until you just said that, but yeah, what a player. And I, I think you said two years ago when he was... He was absolutely flying and, and I think everybody thought he was going to keep going and keep going and for whatever reason that, that hasn't happened. He's, he's had a few injuries, hasn't he, as well? Yeah, it's just, I think, I think it can happen at those massive clubs, can't it, in Spain, where you, sometimes you can just fall out of favour because they make so many signings yeah. and you've got to be seen to be signing the next hot prospect year after year after year after year. That you know, Sometimes you just get pushed down at the pecking order just because you're not the, you know, the new hot thing in Madrid or, or Barcelona. So yeah. But Zidane loved him when he was joining his, you know, when he won the, first, you know, the Champions League three times in a row. He yeah. got him in the side a lot. I remember, he started one of those finals and was excellent. Came off the bench in the other two and, and turned the game in his favour in, in those games as well. So, yeah, I, I don't think it was too long ago. He was one of the best midfield players in the world. So, I wouldn't be turning my nose up at him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, should we look at the Rotherham game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's obviously the midday kickoff uh, on Saturday. Uh, it's nice to not be playing the Reds in this round again, isn't it? <laughs> oh, you know what? I had to do that game on Sky as well. Oh, that was no. so tough. That was the oh, it was I was a last minute calling and uh, you know, oh, oh, was it? Oh, no. I was I was on the front row when Curtis Jones lobs that one, and you just see me sort of go backwards like that. <laughs> Well, I had to go, what a goal from Curtis Jones. Oh, I no. Couldn't believe it. I was like, because I thought this is brilliant. I'm doing the derby. Massive chance to win and getting through to the next round. Knocking out Liverpool. No, just wasn't my day. Oh, <laughs> so that it was, was all awful. set up nicely. Yeah, it was. But, so yeah. Hopefully it's a little bit better than that one. We played them a lot of this round, haven't we? Yeah. Well, I still maintain that. That Sigurdsson goal. That's the best celebration I've ever been in. That's the best away end. <laughs> I'm still lost. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. Talking about that was never a penalty either on the Lana. Absolutely no chance. I've scratched every memory apart from <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> if you think we're bad in the FA Cup, get on this about Rotherham. Um they have won six FA Cup games in nineteen years. Oh my <laughs> that is even worse than us. Uh, they didn't he didn't win a single FA Cup game between 2002 and 2009. Although we probably weren't that far behind. <laughs> we, <to> be <laughs> um, yeah, so they've had six wins in 19 years. Oh, uh, they run to the third round last campaign, which was the second time they've won more than one game in a season since 2000, 2001. <laughs> that FA Cup record's not great. Um, this, this is the ultimate putting the mockers on as this, isn't it? It is, Obviously, I know. We, that's, so that's my job on this show. Um, <laughs> we've only been beaten by them, well, we've been beaten by them twice. One was in the League Cup 1992, the first leg, second round, but we've been 3 0 at home, so that doesn't really count. One of, the, uh, one of the few teams who've beaten us in the second division as well, a 1 0 defeat in 1952. 
Um, but yeah, the last game we played, it was comfortable 3-1 home win in League Cup round two. Um, how do you see this one going? How do you reckon we'll settle for this one? So do you reckon there'll be lots of changes or...? No, well, I, I was supposed to do Rotherham actually at the weekend against Cardiff and it, it got called off. So I, I know a little bit about Rotherham and, you know, the, the form hasn't been good at the moment, has it? You know, I think it's one in nine. I think they've, they've won. They can see loads from set pieces. Um, they've had so many players missing through like injuries and then it was COVID, wasn't it? So looking at it, you think it should be quite an easy game for Everton, but... They never are, are they? So I think having Wolves, is Wolves Tuesday or Wednesday? No, it's midweek, isn't it? I'm not sure exactly what day it is, but it's definitely. No. Yeah. So yeah, you I would say. About two days ago when Matt said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you would say there'd be rotation, um, but I hope not too many. You know, I'd love us to just go convince him win, you know, get back to a little bit bit of confidence, you know, after the, the West Ham game and, and take that into the, into the Wolves game. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping not too, not too many. Hammers, I don't know, would you start him? Give him a little bit more game time or would you just protect him, wrap him up in cotton wool? I don't know. Yeah. It's a funny one, isn't it? You don't want him getting volleyed everywhere by... I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, I, I always do this. Like, I, I'm exactly like Silly always say. I don't want to see too many changes. And then I sort of go through the team in my head and I go, well, I want Nkunku to play at left back. Yeah, <laughs> I want Godfrey to play centre half. I want Anthony Gordon to get a game. I wouldn't mind Tom getting a rest. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you think about the time you've gone through that, it's like I've made like seven changes in my head. There, yeah. what the team's going to be. Uh, I, I think he'll be relatively strong. I, I, I think he might play Hammers on Saturday and then have him on the bench against Wolves. Yeah, okay. just sort of, you know, get him back into the swing of things this weekend, and then go to Wolves with the idea of being dead hard to beat and being in the game on 70 and then bringing him on. Where, and hopefully it won't be like when it was, he came on against West Ham and clearly was not fit at all. It'll be like, you know, yeah. he's allowed with some training and a game under his belt there. And it could be a difference maker for us in, in what should be a tight game. So it wouldn't surprise me if he went like that. Um, I think Richardson, I'll probably play him up front. Yeah, I think that'd be the change for me. Get him as close to the goal as possible and hopefully get a smile back on his face because he looks moody yeah. at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, really does. I think, yeah, i probably play Gordon, Richardson, Rodriguez from three. The core, I could probably do with the rest as well, although he'd never look yeah. like he needs one because <laughs> he's played pretty much every game. <laughs> um, Coleman, right back. Um, yeah, probably off. Tom, uh, Tom Davis in midfield as well. Probably about five or six changes. Like, Olsen will probably come in in goal, won't he? So. Yeah. yeah. I think if you play that from three, you can get the, you know, you can box this one off quite early and then you can just sort of think about Wolves then. But, um, I was speaking to uh, Ben from the Rotherham United now, although we've got our Rotherham correspondent on here and Sue Smith uh, <laughs> <laughs> I only had them three stats that was it that's, yeah. <laughs> that's all stats gone he was sort of saying that they're, like, they're so ravaged by injuries and COVID that he thinks they're going to play you know you might pick a team of kids up here and, and, and you know just you know he, what he basically said to me, he did say to me I don't want us to win this game because we need to focus on staying up so that's where their mindset is, right? So, absolutely no excuses for Everton at all. No, not at all. Um, yeah, I think that if, if they can see goals from set pieces, um, is there a case for playing Michael Keane to get him on the score sheet or definitely rest him? Um, play Godfrey yeah. and Holt maybe, or apparently he missed the West Ham game, but he's on the bench, only on the bench to get a hamstring problem. So, I oh, don't risk him then. Yeah, probably yeah. Him just yeah. So, what about centre backs then? 
Yeah, you need Godfrey play there at last. <laughs> What's that? It was, honestly, honestly, Godfrey giving a go at centre back. He's played everywhere yeah. else. Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> he actually has, hasn't he? Left back, right back. Yeah. Part of a back three, but he's 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 done so well, hasn't he? But I would like to see him at centre half. Yeah. Would you play with Holgate? Or would that be a bit too risky? I think, too- that, I think that that could work. You know, that's that that's sort of like the. That's like the sexy centre back pair, isn't it? He's <laughs> <laughs> like you, you know, your realistic sensible one. But you want like two lads who are quick and you know look at the business and are great on the ball and can carry it out. Then then those two, you know, Holgate and Godfrey are very much here, aren't they? So I think I think, I think you'll probably pick one and then one of the other ones. You know, sexy and sensible. Yeah, like, that'd be like Franz Beckenbauer and Bobby Moore at the back. That one. <laughs> Uh, you, you made that comparison, not me. I, I'm, not, I'm not one to get ahead of myself. <laughs> by the way. Um, so I've asked for some score predictions in the Blue Room group. Uh, Mark Mosey said, most obvious shite came going, 1-0 to the Prem. So Mark's looking forward to this. Uh, Kate said 2-0, Toffees. And Adam said 2-1, Evan. Um, so, what do you reckon? I'm going 3-0. 3-0. Confidence. Clean sheets would be nice as well, wouldn't it? That would be nice. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Back on that one. Matt? I'm going to go 4-0 Anthony Gordon to get his first goal. Oh, that would be nice. That would be lovely as well. It would be nice, yeah. Uh, All right, I'm going to go 5-0 for Charleston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if that doesn't put a smile on his face, nothing will. <laughs> <laughs> you might get a little smirk. That's about it, I think. Yeah. Possibly, he's the moodiest yeah. looking player going, even when he's doing well and enjoying yeah. it. He's just arguing yeah. with the manager all the time at the moment. It's just like constantly having a scrap. Of, I, don't, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on with them too. But like, I was at that Chelsea game and it got overlooked a bit because we won. But for ten minutes, they were just back and forth with each other. In the end, Angelotti sort of went, "Do you want to come off then or what?" He just got on. It was so mad. But yeah. it is funny that he gave him the choice, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like. <laughs> I guess I suppose that kind of shows the sort of the player that he is, though, isn't it? That you know, even if he's got a gob on and he's not playing particularly well, he could do something just out the blue, off the cuff kind of thing, and that's what we've been missing from him this whole. Well, since he came back, really, since the last since he scored at Leicester, he had a good game there, but been a bit iffy since. So this could be a good opportunity for him. I think he'll be sound. I think yeah. you know, looking at the game against West Ham in isolation, you know, he got. Clobbered in the five or six days earlier, yeah. you know, we followed yeah. the concussion protocol, but you know, that that could easily knock the stuff and I'll tell you that. And understandably, if you're coming back into a game, you might be a bit hesitant and a bit rusty and off it. So, giving the benefits of the doubt, yeah, he's, he's still, he's still absolutely one of our most important players, you know, as much, yeah. as, I've seen, as much as I've seen a few people on Twitter saying sell him. Um, <laughs> no way, bizarre, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, uh, Sue, where will, where will you be watching the game on Saturday? Do you know, I'm actually working, so I'll try and get the first half in, and then I might listen to the second half going into work. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll hopefully, I think it, it'll be 3-0 in the first half, so I'll see all the goals. <laughs> and then, job, yeah, bro. so it doesn't matter, job done, take the players off, rest them, happy days. <laughs> I'm always super you? positive, though. <laughs> well done, mate. What about you? Were you watching it just in the house with the yeah. Friday? Oh, can't go anywhere else, can we? <laughs> oh my God, that's true. 
Yeah. We've forgotten we can't do anything, can we? A cl- <laughs> climb on the top of the top balcony or something like that. <laughs> something like that. Oh, they, well, I thought, you know, you know, having your sort of contacts in the club, I thought you might have got a ticket or something. But... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. And on that box, Shelby, we will leave it. Uh, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure. Have a good weekend, Sue. I uh, hope work's not too bad. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me uh, on. Matt, enjoy, uh, enjoy the lockdown life until we speak to you next time. Cheers. Northern Tool and Equipment isn't just a store. It's a problem solver's paradise. Fully stocked with the right professional grade tools and fully staffed with experts who have the right answers. Problem solved. Northern Tool and Equipment Summer Sale is on now. Stop in and save up to 50% on pressure washers, sprayers, generators, fans, lawn and garden equipment, and more. Hundreds of deals in store or at northerntool.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.